according to St. John from the 21st chapter, glory to you, O Lord. John 21, verses 1 through 19 can be found on page 1687 of your pew Bible. John records, afterward, Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Galilee. It happened this way. Simon Peter, Thomas, also known as Didymus, Nathanael from Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples were together. I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them, and they said, we will go with you. So they went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. And early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. And he called out to them, friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. He said, throw your net on the right side of the boat, and you will find some. And when they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord. And as soon as Peter heard him say that, it is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him, for he had taken it off, and he jumped into the water. The other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish, for they were not far from the shore, about a hundred yards. And when they landed, they saw a fire of burning coals where there were fish on it and some bread. And Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish that you have just caught. So Simon Peter climbed back into the boat and dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish, 153, but even with so many, that net was not torn. And Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. None of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? And they knew it was the Lord. Jesus came, he took the bread, he gave it to them, and did the same with the fish. And this was now the third time Jesus appeared to his disciples after he had raised from the dead. And when they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said. You know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And he answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And Jesus said, take care of my sheep. And the third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Now, Peter was hurt because 
Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? And he said, Lord, you, you know all things. You know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my sheep. And very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and you went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will lead you to where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. And then he said to him, follow me. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. title of this sermon is really more about the thread, and I call it Making Old Things New. And then uh, I ask the question, what is it about three? So we'll discover that a little bit. The synopsis of the gospel is one that we've heard. Uh, Jesus has uh, been crucified, died, and was buried, and he rose again. He has uh, made himself, he's manifested himself in front of his disciples twice already, and this is the third time. The guys went back to doing what they knew what to do, to go fishing. Isn't that common of all of us? When things get rough, we kind of go back to what we know. And they fish all night, and they don't catch anything heard that before and Jesus appears on the shore and they don't recognize him heard that before and he tells them to cast their nets out one more time we've heard that before and they pull up the nets and shazam there's a whole lot of fish seems like we've heard that before amen have we heard that before this time the net didn't didn't tear And the boys get it. The one who Jesus loved, John, the one who's writing this, telling this, speaks out. He goes, this is the Lord. And Peter, after we know his story, having denied Christ three times, jumps into the water, swims to shore. And when they get to shore, the guys in the boat, they, they see that Jesus has already started cooking. He already had fish. He already had bread. He already had the fire going. So the question I had is, why? <laughs> why do we do this again? What is, are we to get from this? Jesus makes old things new. If we look at old things that, he is, that he's making new, uh, he's there at daybreak. And what is the significance of, of daybreak? Well, I think 
in his rising and in his, uh, his resurrection, he is showing that he has dominion over all things, even death. And he is also showing that he is the lamb, as we're going to hear a little bit. Not just the lamb, he's the lion of Judah. He's the one that they have been waiting for, that all of the prophets have been telling the people to expect it, to expectantly look and wait for the coming Messiah. He's here at the seashore or the lake shore. And that points back to an image that we can take a look at as when God delivered his people from captivity at the seashore. When Moses spread his hands across like this and the seas parted. And as the people crossed on dry land and the Egyptians followed, death followed them. Early in the morning, the sea collapsed on the retreating Egyptians. Early in the morning, by the sea. He's he's cooking bread and meat. Why? Well, I mean, you know, they're hungry, but Jesus is also showing them something else, and that is that earlier in John 6, he says, I'm the bread of life. And earlier than that, in the night in which he was betrayed, he took the bread. And earlier than that, going back to old things made new, old things saying, ta-da, check this out. God fed his people after delivering them from death. Manna. From heaven, old things new. He is showing his disciples, seven of them, with 153 fish, that he has dominion over all things, even the fish in the sea. Oh, there's another old thing. When God gives his marching orders to Adam and Eve, He talks to them about, this is the world that I have given you. You have dominion over it. The first thing is dominion over fish in the sea. So what he's demonstrating is even these fish I'm in control over. Well, what does that say to you and me? Well, I mean, if God can make a bunch of fish behave... I guess he can probably take care of anything that I'm facing. Since God, through his son, he showed us he defeated death, then what do I have to fear? He's made old things new. And yet, we can take a look at ourselves and and maybe even say, oh, yeah, well, that's for them. That's not for me. Satan has a way of saying things like, if these walls could speak of the times that you've been weak, most people would shake their head and turn away. You ever felt that? God makes old things new. We see that theme again 
As Gary pointed out, Saul of Tarsus, he was really good at persecuting Christians. He was, he was really good at it. Tenacious, well-studied. He knew all the right people. He prepared himself. And he was on his way to bring some real evil to people. And God met him right in the middle of that road. Caused him to be blind. Love this part. I chuckle a little bit every time I hear it. And when Gary read it, uh, who are you, Lord? I think he knew. I think he knew. And so God took an old person, an old nature in Saul, and made him new. He repurposed him. He took one who we would all say, yeah, that's a bad guy. There ain't no hope for him. Turned him into the most prolific evangelist, if you will, that ever lived. The most prolific author in our Holy Bible. Convincing. Very good at what he does, and that is making a case for Christ. We see also, again, God making old things new. When Jesus sits down with Peter and asks him three times, do you love me? We know that Prior to that, three times, old Peter denied Christ. He made an old thing new, an old nature new, filled with the Spirit, and there lies the power. He removed the scales from Paul's old eyes, filled him with the Spirit so he could see anew. He removed the doubt and the selfness, selfishness of Peter and gave him new eyes and new heart to see and made him new. And made him new and used him powerfully. And he gave them both marching orders and that was go and preach, go and proclaim, go and share what you have seen, go. Feed my sheep. And so what are they what are they telling us? Well, for that, the gospel that they're telling, they were their firsthand account. Peter was. And Paul spoke to Jesus. So even though he called himself an apostle abnormally born, they had firsthand interactions with Jesus the Christ, the Messiah. And they went out and they told what did they tell him? That which we see and have a vision of in the Revelation, whereupon John is having this vision and he is worried that there is nobody that is worthy to open up the scroll or to look inside. But wait. The Lamb... The lamb who was slain has begun his reign. Hallelujah. Does that sound familiar? 
That's why we sing that. That's why we sing that the to the very this is the feast of victory to Hallelujah. Right? To remind ourselves we are proclaiming Christ risen. Proclaiming Christ in heaven. This has happened. This is happening now. All of the celebration is going on. And that is what we get to rejoice in, be glad in, and share with. The old is gone. The new is waiting for those who would believe. And John gives us a, a glimmer like we're looking through the hole in the door, the, the keyhole. You guys got to see this. There's all these fantastic angels that are singing praise to the Lamb who purchased you and me with his blood. It's true. It really happened. And not only that, he's not just this little cute little lamb. He's the lion of Judah. He came in like a lamb. He's coming back like a lion. By the seashore, old things new. We got a chance to see a beautiful little baby. Perfect. In grandma and grandpa's eyes but still a little sinner, renewed by the waters. The old Adam, and that wasn't that old of an Adam in that little guy, right? Is he, how many weeks old is he now? Is he four months or four months? That's a pretty new Adam, but that's a little sinner there, and he was washed clean by this water. He, the old, is gone and when he came up out of that water to just like a resurrection like Jesus Christ had, the new has been put on. He's been set apart. He has been made new in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. There's three made new. And you are new. Each time we come together, we confess. Get rid of that old that's dragging us down. We are absolved and forgiven. We walk up and we remember our baptism and we are made new with our own personal Passover that he has given us. That's the other thing about Jesus. At this time that he has come to see the boys by the edge of the, the sea, he is celebrating the Passover of all Passovers. Death has no dominion. Passed over by the, the blood, not over a, over a door, but by the blood that the Lamb Slayed, or gave rather. So it's fitting that during this service, a worship service, we praise the Lamb, the worthy Lamb. It is fitting that we experience a Passover that sustains us, gives us grace, and gives us salvation with His true body and His true blood. And it's fitting that we go out and we share with a world that needs to hear that we serve a God that makes old things new. In the name of Jesus, amen. Our hymn of the day.